Welcome to the Boss Podcast, the best of social selling. Your host, Mark McGinnis, Australia's number one social seller, author of Tactical Pipeline Growth and B2B Sales Trainer, brings you expert opinion, tactics, and discussion to help you get more out of your time on social. Alexander Lowe is our guest on this week's show. He's a specialist in selling in the 21st century, host of a podcast called Death of a Salesman, professional services lead at DLA. Alex is a social selling heavy hitter and a technology early adopter, as well as a general LinkedIn wizard who's very well respected. He's a bit like Gandalf, just without the beard. In this show, Alex covers off the tech tools he's using, things like Lately.com, TikTok, Sprout, Shield, IntraHive, Bombora, and quite a few more. We also talk about why current B2C e-commerce strategies, including the use of intent data, are going to shape our B2B sales approaches in the coming years. Other things you'll enjoy here will be the classic in sales, there's no shortcuts, and why LinkedIn is the best lead generation tool on earth, so you should simply stop complaining and just start paying for Sales Navigator. As always, if you find this to be of value, please share us and rate us where you find us. Why? Because it helps others who are just like you and are interested in being more effective on social to find us. And of course, we all want that. Now, let's jump into this episode. Here's Alex Lowe. And welcome to the Boss Podcast. This week, we have Alex Lowe from DLA. Alex, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you for affording me the, the social time my end in the, in the UK. I appreciate it. Glad to be on here. Well, that's what happens when we're on the other side of the world. So, of course, you're located in the UK and I'm here in Sydney. Whereabouts in the UK are you, Alex? So, uh, London SW19, home of Wimbledon Tennis is where I am located. Oh, oh, very posh. So, there you go. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, my, my visual interpretation of this has changed. You're now wearing one of those kind of white cricket jumper. Indeed. <laughs> quite a large postcode, so we're not, for those in, the, those in the know, we're not in the village. Trust me, I'd like to be in the village, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what are we, the 26th of October. So you guys are having a pretty tough time at the moment. How's morale and, and every, everything going, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's going to... When the UK is going to the hell of the handcart, it would seem at the moment, but then, you know, we're not unique into what's happening around Europe and obviously on our friends on the other side of the pond, you know, they've got the elections coming up, we've got Brexit coming up on top of everything else, so yeah, it kind of is, it, it, it is is what it is and we, we will see what 2021 brings. <laughs> Can't get there quick enough. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 you, you, me, and everybody else on the, on the planet right now. So, yeah. So, Alex, you're with DLA, professional services lead, which basically, if I'm correct, means you're a social selling expert. Would that be right? Expert. I mean, I, I, there are a lot of experts out there. My, my <laughs> yeah, social selling as well. Yes, that is the the round of what this kind of construct is. But you now have remote selling, digital selling, virtual selling. More than the selling, um, for me, it's just sales and marketing for the 21st century. But uh, social is or has to be a critical part um, of that. So how I actually see myself in terms of what I do is revenue generation through social, digital, and technology. Love it. Yeah, fantastic. And, you know, I stopped differentiating social selling from sales training about two years ago. I just mm-hmm. thought there was 
I mean, they're so entwined, you know, you just can't really miss one out now. You know, like, I completely agree. I mean, it, you know, if you look at Simon Kemp's most recent research in terms of the increase, I think I read it was like 3 million people a day in the last quarter of you know, gone onto social media and now 53% of the world's population is on social media and it's just baked into everything that we do. I, what I believe the, the roadblock or the challenge is, is you have a layer of leadership, should I say, when you say social media, their immediate reaction is, you know, cats, Twitter, things going viral <laughs> for the wrong reason. And it's a waste of time and, and effort without actually kind of taking a pause and really understanding well, what do we mean by the term social, social media, and it's just another communication. It's just another channel with which to communicate to other human beings on. It's a pretty important and major channel of communication, but that's fundamentally what it is. And I think when people start to understand it from that context, they then start to realise how this can be built into the, into a B2B construct. Yeah, and I think like if, you, if we stop and thought about how much time we spend in email a day, versus how much time we spent on social. That'd be interesting. I haven't thought about that before, but I think it'd be pretty pretty close run race. I think, interestingly, again, from Simon Kemp's research, he's done, the first time we've done it, he's done a um, digital work and email comes out as still the top communication channel. Okay. Which I'm not necessarily surprised about. And I'd, I'd be intrigued to kind of unpack that a little bit more with Simon to kind of understand the actual the way the question was was asked because I actually hate I I hate email. <laughs> I, it's kind of it's just a necessary evil, you know, for me. It's it's WhatsApp, it's LinkedIn, it's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's even TikTok now. I'm playing around with that. But I, I'm not I think at the moment we see email still come out on top as a communication channel. But I think if you started to then chop that up into okay, why and with whom are you communicating? we probably see more of a split between email and WhatsApp in terms of the one-to-one versus social, you know, is more of the one-to-many, one but in a one-to-one conversation, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it does, it does, it does. And you're talking about research there, and I do want to give you a big plug because last week I listened to a great episode of your podcast, which is called Death of a Salesman. Mm-hmm. You're talking to Richard Vanderbom about his fantastic research. That's a great episode. It was. It was. Uh, I think it's my highest downloaded episode at, uh, at the moment. Um, yeah, Richard. You know, great, great chap. Uh, much like you and I, it's the first time that we've spoken. It was the first time I actually physically spoke to Richard when we recorded that. But yeah, him and a bunch of students from the Open University, and I think it was Sprouts and the, 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 the Shield, over a oh, was period, a lot, over a couple of months, they analysed four thousand posts every fifteen minutes to try and understand, you know, performance and then the Farias algorithm on on LinkedIn. And yeah, it came out with some you know, some insight that, you know, you and I are probably already aware of, but there are some tweaks, you know, tweaks to it. And you know, he he used a really nice turn of phrase towards the end. There's no point having a great piece of content if it's wrapped really badly. So it's all around, you know, understanding how you should be posting on LinkedIn to try and maximize the visibility that you can get. Notwithstanding, though, if your content sucks, your content sucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So, I just last week for this episode, it hasn't, for this podcast, hasn't been released yet. I actually interviewed a senior content guy from LinkedIn for APAC and I asked him outright about some of Richard's research. The gentleman from LinkedIn, Daniel. 
we're saying sharing content. So sharing was a high engagement play from LinkedIn standpoint. And I'm like, no, can't see that. That doesn't stack up for what I've seen. It doesn't stack up on the research that we've seen. And he's like, no, no. So he's like, I can't tell you how it works, but I can tell you that's not true. So this mystery just remains. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily care how things work for most of the time. It's like when you talk about CRM. You know, I don't care how CRM works. I just want it to, I want it to work. I want it to work for me, right? I was talking to a client in the legal section about this last week in terms of you know, how he's trying to drive the business to think to be tech-enabled, to drive the best client experience. Because at the end of the day, the client doesn't care how things work, what technology you've got to make things work. They just want it to work, work quickly and seamlessly and effectively. There are situations where, for me, I do need to understand to a certain extent what's happening behind, this, behind the scenes mechanically so that I can make sure that I am getting the best out of that, that tool. When I read the piece, I was like, you know what? This makes sense. The overall premise of guided selling is using data to keep guiding your prospects or your, your clients or you know, whoever it is to that end point, which ultimately is to sign, you know, sign along the line that is, that is dotted. So I'm now starting to kind of do more and more research and learning more about the MarTech stack or the sales tech stack, because for me, this is the next iteration of all of this. And organizations that can start to get their, their sales data strategies in order will then start to reap the rewards because you'll be starting to go after people that want to talk to you versus you blindly just going, hey, we, we've got to have this account on our, you know, on our roster because it's like, you know, it's a branded, you know, it's a branded account. But if that account is never ever going to buy from you, but now you can start to get some insight on that, you're going to save so much time and effort by going after, you know, going after organizations and prospects that are never going to buy because you're starting to use data to make the informed decisions around, okay, well, who's active in the market looking for CRM review or, you know, HR system review or a law firm, you know, lawyer, whatever it might be. And that's where these tools such as Bombora and Spiker enable you to, to do this. Discover Org is, is another one to a certain extent where what they are doing through if the audience doesn't need to understand intent intent basically every like share thing you do online website visit download unsubscribe you're you're signaling some form of intent of interest or to purchase so what these products do is they buy in tons of third-party data at scale and can start to work out you put in your list of accounts that you're prospecting for for example and they go well we know that these three organizations are actively in the market researching what you sell and advise to because of the, the, the data that they don't know at an individual level but at a, at, a, at a brand level but they also go and did you know also these organizations who may not be on your radar are doing this you then take that back into your that knowledge of company ABC is doing this. You then go back into your CRM system, and if it's plugged into Sales Navigator, if it's plugged into an IntraHive or equivalent, you type in company ABC, and all of a sudden you've got rich insights in terms of who genuinely who knows who in terms of the real time. That's what IntraHive does. Who knows who on in the social construct outside of the the core network. Then you've got, hey, here are the, the people that have shared something on LinkedIn in the last 30 days. Here are the people that changed roles on LinkedIn in the last 90 days. Engage with them. Here's what they've been mentioned in, in the press. Take that back to your marketing team. Start to have different content marketing strategies and, and, and so on. So 
this is where Forrester believes, and I actually agree with them for once, <laughs> that started selling is, is the genuine next iteration on, on all of this. But in order for that to work, you need to have an understanding of your tech stack. Yeah, I love that. That's a great explanation. You must be good friends with Justin Michael, first and foremost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've known Justin and I for, uh, for, for, for a while. He, 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 he is unique. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I'd love to be you know, the fly on the wall when you two guys are, are talking. I mean, that would be incredible. I had Justin on a few weeks ago, and he just he was incredible. He's a crazy guy. Love it. Cra- crazy in a good way. Yeah, no, his, his tech, we, did a, we did a podcast, uh, I think, six, eight weeks ago on his technology quotient, talking about his new book that's coming out with Tony Hughes. And yep. um, yeah, that's rhythm, your, your, your TQ. You can understand your tech stack by a further 5% or 10%. The, the gains that that can give you are massive. Yeah, Justin's brain is <laughs> it's something, it's something else. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a quick break, do a little bit of business, and we'll be right back. Video messaging is huge right now. Mark reports his very best message response rates are coming from video messaging, and Mark chooses to use Bonjuro as his video message supplier. Because Bonjuro is now a supporter of the Boss Podcast, they have given listeners a massive 20% off any of their plans. Simply add Boss20 at the checkout. That's B-O-S-S-2-0. Give Bonjuro a go and increase your response rates by 300%. Go to Bonjuro.com. That's B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com. So I've got a couple of questions for you about the guided selling piece, if you don't mind. So first of all, I've heard guided selling talk about a lot on the other side. So, you know, like it's guiding the salesperson to, to when's the right time to take action as opposed to, you know, looking at the insights from the customer. I mean, there must be some overlap mm-hmm. on that. But, you know, I think that, you know, Ring DNA, for example, is um, a tool. I don't, I haven't used it. I've got a client that uses it, so I know a, a little bit. Yeah, so I believe that tells you when to take action based on what people are doing or your prospects are doing. That's sales, so that's the, the world of sales engagement tech. So Ring DNA, outreach, sales loft. You know, outreach during the middle of a pandemic manages to raise more money and tip over yes. a billion dollar valuation. So there is a market there, and you're probably going to go down this route anyway, but I'm going to presuppose you. But the challenge with that is it starts to be, sales will become lazy because they're relying on automation to do everything. And then all, and all that happens is then everything gets automated, but it all looks the same. You're just making your shitty sales processes even more visible at scale because the system's just following a set of rules. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's exactly right. So, and everything's just, like I said, everything just starts to look the same. And I think, you know, part of being in sales is creating a bit of a pattern interrupt, you know, in people's natural thought processes because it's really easy to just delete emails when you, when you think that they're all just spam, right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, we need to present ourselves, I believe, and I, and I like this is one of the things why I really like social in the first instance, you know, is because you could reach out a different format and say, hey, not many people are talking to you this way. Let's start a conversation here for a change. Well, I, can, I completely agree. And this is the, and I know that you, you and I are on the same page on this. This isn't an annual no. conversation, which seems to be, you know, seems to have now disappeared now, you know, because there will be a proportion of audience who do on your email marketing campaigns because that's how they want to be communicated. There's a proportion of an audience who do accept cold calls and it works for that, that market sector. 
they're forced from audience who want to be a socialist. Like at the moment, I now see, see you know, people on LinkedIn of an age and a demographic going, LinkedIn stories, waste of time, they're killing the platform. Oh my God, you're so arrogant that you're, you're, you're having these conversations because it doesn't fit your specific agenda. There's a huge audience and demographic which suggests otherwise that stories work really, really, really well. Stop getting out there going, oh, this is bollocks. Well, okay, it doesn't work for you, but it's going to work for, you know, for, um, for other people. So, yeah, I get very, as you can imagine <laughs> here, frustrated what LinkedIn's meant to be. Yeah, it's a professional platform, but they've got to move with the times because who are the next generation of people that are going to pay for it? They are the people that are bought up on stories and TikTok and Snapchat, and that's just what they're used to, right? Anyway, sorry, I've, I've, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so you know in the second part there i guess is you know, like the automation piece you know what do you think we should be automating on linkedin there's so many tools out there that we could use and i've used most of them today i don't think i use any yeah you know, i'm probably still playing for some license somewhere <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's so automation so the automation in terms of uh, connectors we know is a big no-no that's actually in breach of linkedin's term and you'll get penalized and LinkedIn is cutting down and it's just lazy. The thing about selling and lead generation, there is no shortcut to that. If there was, I'd have found that out and I'd be a very rich individual like that. But unfortunately, there isn't. So, you know, automated outreach is a big, big no-no. Automated pods are a big, big no-no. So these are these tools you can put into your browser and you put your link into a, this thing and then a bunch of other people will then automatically like and uh, like and comment on your post. That just kind of loses authenticity, especially if the people that are doing it or the people that are part of that are from like, multiple different industries because it just creates a confusing message. Scheduling is a different thing for me because every organization on the planet uses a scheduling tool. So Buffer, Suite, Sprout, etc. Cetera, et because for me... My time is spent either coaching and working with you know with, with clients, you know, crafting content, but I need to be delivering to make money. Therefore, if I can find something that can schedule my content and drip feed my content out over time, once it's worked for me, that is a for me is fine because that's just taking some of the manual low value work to me out of my hands. Now I've recently moved from Buffer to a tool called Lately, and it has absolutely revolutionized the game for me in terms of content distribution, but also getting my content to work much, much harder. So you may well be seeing things on LinkedIn, which looks like I posted it and looks like I've written it, but actually Mm -hmm. it's been automated. And it's artificial intelligence that's doing this. But when you break it down, it's so bloody simple. So Kate Bradley-Churnis, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with her ex-rock and roll DJ, Came up with this this kind of idea of doing this on spreadsheets. A bunch of her mates who are in the you know, the tech world said, "Here's some money to make this work." In simple terms, uh, I write a blog. Now I want to make sure that blog works hard for me, so I don't want to share it one. So what I would do historically is manually write five unique tweets tying back to that single blog post. Therefore, I've got five tweets or five you know social media posts. But lately, you plug it into their tool. It then passes all the text that you've written and then atomizes those, so chops it up into small social media posts. So even though it's automated, it's still my written word. So it's still my voice that it's, that it's using. But what was the real game changer 
is it transcribes video and audio. So I can then make my, I can turn one podcast into like 200 tweets and then just drip feed that over like a three month period into Twitter or across Facebook or what have you, which means that 30 minute, 40 minute podcast is now working 100x times harder for me. And I set it and forget it. And then you get lots of cool analytics about when to engage, what to engage. It starts to learn your brand over time. It starts to learn what hashtags are working. So I'm always very wary of AI <laughs> in social media. Um, but this tool lately, try lately as the website, is insane. Real game changer. Outside of that, in terms of automation, yeah, you know, automating things like email letters, you know, newsletters and so on and so forth. But I don't think, you know this, there is no shortcut for social. It's a marathon, not. Yeah, no, that's right. If you need more conversations with your ideal buyers or to simply sharpen your prospecting skills, check out Mark's latest book, Tactical Pipeline Growth. It's a complete prospecting guide. It outlines step-by-step the process to build a strong and healthy pipeline. Mark has included a huge amount of valuable sales material, such as templates, call, and email scripts, the best cadence plans, as well as social selling templates for you to use and start prospecting straight away. Tactical Pipeline Growth is available from Amazon or directly from www.markmc.co slash tpg. So what are your thoughts around things like Sales Navigator? So we were talking just before you came on, you felt pretty strongly about that. Yeah, for me, it's the best lead generation tool on the planet by Country Mark, but it's only as good as if you're understanding of how LinkedIn works. And again, frustrations with individuals that are, it is typically more the solopreneurs mm. rather than necessarily, um, you know, big corporates. Big corporates should be, you know, I don't understand why every salesperson on the planet isn't going to their sales director or robots going, I need this. Yeah, LinkedIn is not Facebook. So it needs to make money. So it makes money through its premium products, which is why if you're not paying for LinkedIn, you're only going to get some aspects of you know, insight and data and, and usability. And so I always find it kind of, as a right smile goes across my face, I find it amusing when people kind of bitch and complain that they're not getting enough out of LinkedIn or it's not doing all they want it to do. It's like, well, pay for it. Yeah, well, I don't need to pay for LinkedIn. Well, if you're using it for commercial purposes as a business to make money and lead generation, then my view is, you should pay for it. And the cost of sales navigator at a you know a single license is 700 sterling mm-hmm. UK. So I don't know, what's that? $850 US yep, probably. Yep, something that's like 1200 Australian. Well, I would $1,200 Aussie. Okay. I would imagine that most individuals don't get out of bed for less than 1000 mm-hmm. something or other, minimum. Therefore, one engagement, that one piece of one piece of work that you can generate through Sales Navigator, all well, that license has already paid for itself, bearing in mind this is 12 months. So why just not just suck it up and just give LinkedIn your money to then actually just get more benefit from the, uh, from the tool? So, you know, best lead generation tool on the planet by a country mile for LinkedIn, but you need to understand what it means to be social in order to get the best out of it. And then you need to understand what it's actually asking you to do in terms of data insight. It wants you to do something physically on the platform through engagement, not just sit there passively going, oh, look, 30 people that I'd like to prospect have uh, shared something on LinkedIn in the last 30 days and I'm not connected to them. That's interesting. I wonder what I'll do next. Rather than going, right, go and, find, go and look at what those posts are that they've shared and go and start a conversation. Go and like it. Go and comment on it. Because the beauty of what Sales Navigator does is there's no algorithm. 
There's nothing. It just gives you information that you tell it to give you. So you put in all your accounts, you put in all your, your prospects that you want to engage with. Normal LinkedIn.com, you only see a small fraction of what's going on based on your behavior or lack thereof. Sales Navigator, if they are active, it'll give you that information. So you can then start to go and start those business conversations with people to then draw them out of social offline as quickly as humanly as possible into you know this environment where you're having a you know a telephone conversation or a video conversation or maybe at some point a face-to-face conversation who knows and then you go through your sales processes right yeah yeah i'd forgotten that sales navigator was outside the algorithm I, it's been a long time since somebody had mentioned that to me there is no algorithm there's no marketing no algorithm no. it is a, it, think of it as your personal crm for linkedin yep and then if you're a corp and then you've got you know any crm on the planet typically syncs with um sales navigator you can pull that data into CRM so you can live into CRM. And a recent update which came through, and forgive me the guy's name, I need, I'm on a site and I can't remember him. It was on a post I'm not connected to. But what they're now doing is that if you haven't got the CRM sync, because some people don't, you can now upload your CSV file of accounts directly into Sales Navigator. So you can now populate your account list and so on. But yeah, that's the beauty of it. There is no algorithm. So you're able to control what you see from who you see when you want to see it. <laughs> so simple, right? Yeah, I did. And, and so simple that I'd even forgotten about that. Like, I mean, if you'd asked me, I would have said no, but I, I'd forgotten. Yeah, no, that's terrific. So we get typically intermediate to advanced users on this, listening to this podcast, obviously. Alex, what do you think are the most exciting things you're seeing coming up in the LinkedIn space or social selling space for those people? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, when LinkedIn's rolling out updates left, right, and center, so, you know, we've, we've touched on stories, you know, what else is coming through? There's obviously the little introduction, 10 seconds you can do on the, on your profile now, where you can introduce introduce yourself. I think, you know, Sales Navigator is starting to, you know, come, really come into its own and go, you know, strength to strength. I think, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of a, it's the supporting tech, such as those tools like Lately that are coming through. It's then starting to look at the next iteration of this. So, you know, I've touched on it. It's okay, so this is one pond. Do I need to be in other ponds? Do I need to be on Facebook? Do I need to be on Instagram? Do I need to be on, you know, I'm on TikTok. You know, I'm, pretty much, I'm on TikTok and I'm having fun playing around with it to see what's, you know, what's going on there. It's a different communication channel. But, but for me, it's data. It is data insights, which is going to start to shift the needle. So, you know, for those of, you know, your listeners who have premium, either premium business or sales navigator, Again, you know, I religiously look at my profile views, i.e. who's looking at my profile, to understand am I landing in the right place. If someone's looked at my profile and they're not connected to me, I send them a connection request because they've signaled intent. When I share a post on LinkedIn, I don't necessarily care about the number of views. I care about the quality of views. I want to make sure that the, you, know, you get that first which companies have looked at your post. I use that to understand am I landing where I want to land? And I use it as a, as a prospecting tool. So if I see an organization that I'm not working with and suddenly over a period of a couple of days, they are looking at content on my feed, why would they be doing that? Yeah. Are they doing some research? I can go and try and find some, find some people. Bombora, B-O-M-B-O-R-A, you can sign up for free and get a weekly email on a Monday. Answer the Public is another cool website, so you can go into there and it'll tell you how people are searching. So if you understand how people are searching whatever it is you sell, then just write a blog, literally with the title of, you know, how to whatever, or did you know that? Because then that starts to help from a search perspective, because Google, as I understand it, starts to look at phrases which map match what people are searching. Yes. So it's starting to go beyond 
again, back to what we were saying at the beginning, LinkedIn is merely a communication channel. That's all it is. It's a channel to communicate with. Yes, they are definitely rewarding the one-to-one. So get stuck in, like, comment, engage with people who aren't in your network. But outside of that, as I said, it's starting to it's starting to consider what is the technology that can support and augment all of this. I love the fact that you were saying, you know, it's not about the number of vanity metrics. You know, it's not about the matter of, matter of likes, the, how many likes, how many views. You know, it's about what the data more deeply says about who it was. Yeah. So many people miss that. That's such a critical point. Before I let you go, I have to ask you, because you've mentioned it four times, what are you doing on TikTok? <laughs> what do I do on TikTok? Yeah. What do I do on TikTok? Well, you know, it's the fastest growing app in the world. It's a communication channel. It's another communication channel. It's as much to kind of a as un- to understand how it works. Um, so I'm on there from a just a personal perspective, just having a bit of fun, just to play around with it, and also in a business perspective. So I repurpose a lot of my LinkedIn content. My if I you know, I get my videos now to try and get them down to sixty seconds, so I can transcribe that into um, onto TikTok. There are LinkedIn coaches on TikTok. There's one person. There's one of them. You know, he's got over a million views on doing a profile review. Huh. Because the algorithm works in a very, very fair way, but it is—it's—it's it's more for me. It's the short-form content. You know, going back to stories that they disappear after twenty-four hours. You know, short-form content seems to be where this is—you know—that th- this is all going. So I'm on it to, you know, have I generated business from it? No, I haven't. But then I interviewed an attorney, an attorney at law based in Florida called the Lawyer. He's got over two million followers on TikTok, and he's a verified creator, and he generates business from it. And he's a generated, he's a law. So I'm on all, apart from Snapchat because I just Snapchat just works back to front. I'm on pretty much all the platforms to just understand how they work, so that at least I can have an informed opinion when people start going TikTok's a waste of bloody time. Well, have you actually been on it? No. So, you know, much like us, my rant about stories, same principles. And uh, let's, let's look forward 12 months or 24 months. Is the video content that we're sharing going to be longer or shorter? Shorter. <laughs> uh, shorter. I mean, 15, 15, seconds or six, 15 seconds or 60 seconds. The insane yeah. thing is, is that I can lose half an hour of my life scrolling through 15-second TikTok clips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, ashamed to, I'm ashamed to admit it, but you know, it's kind of you know some of the memes and the jokes that the jokes on there. But the other thing is actually some of these kids, their video editing skills are insane. You know, the content that these kids are creating put a lot of what I see on LinkedIn to shame. And it's also going, Christ, if this generation is coming through and this is the type of content they are already able to create, wh- where is this going to going to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I think it's just going to continue to improve, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah, it's great to watch. Alex, I really appreciate you coming on. How can people get in contact with you? Who would you like to hear from? Whereabouts? I'm assuming it's LinkedIn. But what else have you got to tell us about? LinkedIn. Um, you can see Alex, Alex on the low. LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm, on Facebook. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. I'm all over. I'm all, all over your uh, your newsfeed. I mean, I work with startups all the way through to major corporates. My main my main sweet spot is professional services, so accounting firms, law firms, and commercial property. But you know, I do do big projects with tech companies, tech companies too. But I'm happy to talk to anybody about how they can basically get you know rev- making more money through social, digital, and technology is is where I'm happy to offer any advice on. So if that's of interest, hit in touch. Mention this podcast. Fantastic, 
Alex, I really appreciate you coming on the Boss Podcast. It's been great. I really do appreciate you sharing all of those fantastic tech insights. Thanks. Thanks very much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Please help others just like you find this podcast by spreading the word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you source your podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Boss Podcast. Join us next time for even more tactics, discussion, and ideas to help you improve your social outreach.